Entertainment capital of the world. It's the T.C. Martin Show. Been a great third down defense the last two weeks for Steelers. And they've got an interception. And a run back. All the way home. It's Spillane with the touchdown on the pick six. It's time to get your daily prescription from the doctor. T.C. Martin. Mahomes drifting. Downfield. Intercepted. His first of the season, Jeff Heath. And it is draft day. That's right. Great movie, too, by the way, like we've talked about. A very special day, very entertaining day, and we could have some entertainment tonight as the NFL draft commences in Cleveland, Ohio. Crowds are back. Festivities are back. Looking forward to it. The uh, first pick a little bit after 5 o'clock our time uh, tonight. And we'll uh, hit the draft on all angles today. Houston Nutt will join us from CBS Sports. The old former college football coach who has seen a lot in his time, seen a lot of these guys, and we'll dive into Houston's thought process of the quarterbacks. Could be five quarterbacks taken, not only in the first round, but maybe within the first nine picks. We'll see if that happens. Scott Spritzer is going to join us here in a couple minutes. We talk about it from a betting perspective. Also, Chuck Esposito from Sunset Station. He'll join us next hour. And uh, Sunset Station, usually uh, the place for great draft day parties. Obviously, that's not happening, but they'll have some festivities going on uh, today and over the weekend as well, too. But we'll get Chuck's thoughts on the draft. And then, of course, RVD. It's that Thursday, so Rob Van Dam in the house, the WWE Hall of Famer. Uh, we will get uh, his thoughts on everything from a wrestling perspective and more. All right, so glad to have you with us here. Ballpark Frank out today. Uh, very needed day off. For ballpark, So he will be back with us tomorrow when we reconvene at the Cosmopolitan of Las Vegas. Make sure that you join us tomorrow because we have a big show on tap there tomorrow uh, featuring the Kentucky Derby. Uh, plenty of winners, hopefully. And we've had a lot of good success with our handicappers slash horse owners, Brian Benowitz, Marco D'Angelo. They will join us uh, tomorrow uh, at the Cosmopolitan of Las Vegas. Also, our favorite doctor in the world, Dr. Christina Madison. Our public health expert, she's got uh, updated COVID news, especially for sports fans here in Las Vegas, as we anticipate getting more and more people into these venues. And got a chance to be at T-Bone Arena last night for the Golden Knights 5-2 victory over the Colorado Avalanche. We'll touch upon that a little bit later on. But yeah, 3,900 in the house last night at T-Mobile Arena. Pretty festive atmosphere as well. And of course, a big game. And the Golden Knights win their 10th in a row, defeating the Avalanche 5-2 to last night. All right, so a lot to, cut, uh, to hit on today. Again, NFL draft, about three hours away from the first pick. Always fun, uh, the NFL draft. All right, but uh, first, let's touch on uh, some... What breaking news. As Adam Schefter reported earlier today through ESPN that Aaron Rodgers is demanding a trade with the Green Bay Packers. This is not the first time that we've heard this, but Adam Schefter, his sources are people in the building at 1265 Lombardi Street and or Lombardi Avenue, I should say. Um, and uh, his sources are that uh, people in the building within the Packers organization had said that 
Aaron Rodgers does not want to be a member of the Green Bay Packers anymore. Okay, so yeah, this is big breaking news. The media has you know ran with this story. Honestly, this is nothing new. Uh, we knew going back to last year at this time on draft day, 2020, when the Packers selected Jordan Love in the first round, that was not a good sign for Aaron Rodgers. He was not happy with that. We don't know how happy he was when Matt LaFleur was named you know, head coach a couple seasons ago. But again, this is a situation that is out there today. And I know there's a lot of speculations going on a lot of different things. Uh, my thoughts on this is, is pretty simple. Until you hear from Aaron Rodgers and these words out of Aaron Rodgers' mouth, then you can take it pretty seriously. And the reason why I say that, and I'm not diminishing what Adam Schefter is reporting because I have talked to people in the Packers' office as well, and those rumblings have been around for years that he's not happy there. So, And this you know, goes back before he got the starting quarterback job from Brett Favre way back when. But the last couple seasons, yes, he, he, he was unhappy. Uh, the Packers selecting Jordan Love from Utah State, a below-average quarterback at best. And, uh, and again, the Packers have not drafted well. Uh, you know, since uh, you know Ted Thompson had passed uh, you know the reins over to to Mark Murphy, who is the president, and really the first president in Packers history that has actually been the so-called boss. Usually, the GM has handled all of those duties forever, uh, but Mark Murphy is letting people know that that he is calling the shots here. But anyway, as far as Aaron Rodgers goes, Aaron Rodgers is very vocal when he wants to say something. As we all know, he will say it. Whether it's doing radio interviews via social media or getting the word out, if he wants to be out, he, he will be out. There are reports out there that the San Francisco 49ers, of course, they would love to have Aaron Rodgers. And people believe that Rodgers would love to return to Northern California. And that's a little bit of a misnomer as well, too. Aaron Rodgers hasn't been back to Chico, hasn't been back to Northern California forever and ever. Okay, He lives in Los Angeles. He lives in the San Diego area. So uh, again, that is the team that passed on him, and he remembers that the Niners were the team that passed on him way back when. So again, uh, will this come to fruition? Possibly, because Aaron Rodgers wants more money. There's no doubt about it. He's 36 years old, been in the league 17 years. His career is winding down. But if the Green Bay Packers actually turn down the number three overall pick, which some people are rumored to saying that the San Francisco 49ers offered the Green Bay Packers, why wouldn't the Green Bay Packers do it? <laughs> I mean, this is that would be their opportunity to basically get their quarterback if the future, if they like any of those guys that would be available at number three like Mac Jones or Justin Fields or Trey Lance or whatever. Uh, But again, the Packers are saying that, of course, they want to keep Aaron Rodgers. They want to try to make this happen. But Aaron Rodgers right now is, I believe, the sixth highest, fifth or sixth highest paid quarterback in the National Football League. Dak Prescott is making more money. Patrick Mahomes is making more money. Uh, Jared Goff, who went to Cal many years after Aaron Rodgers, is making more money. Rodgers isn't happy with his contract. He wants to make more money understandably so. So this has been a thing that has been brewing, and it's also a respect thing. Anybody that knows Aaron Rodgers will tell you that this is a guy that, yes, he he has an ego, and he wants to be respected. He has felt disrespected, and he put on his shoulders last year 
and had one of his probably the best seasons. 50 touchdown passes, arguably the best season he's ever had. Definitely better than the last four or five seasons that he's had in Green Bay. So does he have another year or two left? If he's talking about retiring, if that message got to the Packers, of course the Packers would make a draft day trade tonight. If you knew that Aaron Rodgers is going to retire after one more season, of course you'd make that trade. So there, there are a lot of things out there, but this is an Adam Schefter report. This is not Aaron Rodgers trying to stir the pot, which a lot of people think is happening here. If Aaron Rodgers wanted to stir it, believe me, he would come out and say something. So we'll, we'll keep an eye on that. Uh, will the Packers make any moves tonight? We'll see. Highly doubtful, though. All right. All right. Let's uh, start talking NFL draft. Let's bring in our good friend from Doc Sports, Scott Spritzer. What's going on, my man? I'm just sitting here watching NFL Network, keeping up on all the news and trying to see if uh, there's going to be any of these top quarterbacks that are going to be traded away like you just talked about with Aaron Rodgers. And, of course, yesterday the big news was whether or not Jimmy G was going to be traded to New England. Just real quickly, I agree with you. If, if Green Bay has a legit offer from San Francisco and Aaron Rodgers signs off on it, I make the trade if I'm, if I'm Green Bay. And listen, Aaron Rodgers is one of the best quarterbacks we've seen in the last 20 years. But as you mentioned, he's 36 years old. He, he sounds like he's got a lot of other things he wants to do in life pretty, pretty soon, which could be his honest feeling, him being candid, or Aaron Rodgers trying to get Green Bay to ship him out of Green Bay. Uh, it's one of those three things. But we do know that it seems like he's got a lot of other interests. And, you know, they can go out and get, you know, a, 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 they can go out and get a really good quarterback at number three who's going to be better than the quarterback they drafted out of Utah State, Jordan Love, last year. So it's going to be interesting over the next few hours, no doubt about it. Yeah, no doubt. We'll keep an eye you know, on this story. And, you know, uh, Scott, there's a lot of, you know, the draft props have become very, very popular. And you and I have talked about this uh, before. And you did mention trades. And, and one uh, number that I've seen out there, and you probably have a better beat on this, is the total on draft day trades, which would be uh, tonight, would be round number one, is five and a half. To me, that seems a little bit high. If this is a, a real prop and a real number, please get as much as I can on the under, please. Uh, what are your thoughts? <laughs> yeah, I, I don't even mess with that kind of stuff, but I would agree with the under. I look at props. More And I, I do agree with the under, by the way, if it's out there at five and a half, I hadn't seen that. But of the props that I like to do the most, it has to do with position, you know, position players and how many draft picks they're going to get over-unders, like on how many wide receivers are going to be taken in the first round, which is, by the way, one of my prop bets that I made. And I'll talk about that in just a second. But betting on stuff like how many trades they're going to be, boy, that just seems like a lot of guesswork. If it is five and a half, I would think under. Also, I don't like to get involved with where is a player, an individual player going to go. And it's funny because yesterday and again today, uh, William Hill is reporting that the number one, the most dominant bet prop of any they've posted has been who is going third to the San Francisco 49ers. And this has been crazy because if we would have spoken 24 hours ago, I would have told you what I saw from William Hill, which was, Mac Jones is getting all the money. He's the most heavily bet prop to go third of anything in the draft right now. And he was minus 325 to go third ahead of the other two quarterbacks who are also in the mix for this. And then today, just, I don't know, an hour ago or so, I see William Hill, Nick Bogdanovich, mentioning that 
this is still the number one bet prop. But guess what? Mac Jones has gone from minus three twenty-five to plus a buck fifty. Lance has gone from plus three hundred to minus two hundred. Now the favorite to go third to San Francisco, and Justin Fields, who last week was the favorite, is now plus eight fifty to go third to San Francisco. So the betting has been all over the place on this particular prop, and it's why I stay away from it. I mean, if you thought that Mac Jones was going third yesterday and you laid minus three bucks and now you see he's plus a buck fifty, you're not feeling like you got good positive EV yesterday. Exactly. And uh, it's funny you bring that up because I've been talking about this. There's been a lot of fluctuation with this this thing, and you chronicled it perfectly. It was, it's been up, it's been down, plus money to minus money. And again, where is that coming from? We know the 49ers have been very tight-lipped about this, and we saw Kyle Shanahan you know, with his goofball comment a couple days ago, it is a pre-draft press conference, you know, where he said, uh, well, you know, is Jimmy, and when he was asked the question, was Jimmy Garoppolo going to be on the roster Sunday? And, and his ludicrous answer was, well, we don't know, um, you know, who's going to be alive uh, in the world uh, on Sunday, let alone, you know, I can't guarantee who's going to be on our roster Sunday. I mean, again, they have been very, very tight-lipped. So that information, obviously, isn't really coming within San Francisco. It's just media reports after media reports, or I should say speculations. That's all it is. Right. And people are betting on that. And you're right. I mean, it's it's one thing to, to handicap a game or handicap, you know, the matchups and, and pitchers and baseball and that sort of thing. But are we going to start handicapping or is that what people are doing here? They're handicapping what they see on ESPN or some of these other outlets or whatever they're reading. (laughs) Yeah. I'm guessing it's just guesswork. I mean, and it's kind of funny. I mean, what are you going to base it on? I mean, Shanahan had once said that he believed Mac Jones is the next Matt Ryan. And then you got the scouts of the Niners who they like Lance, you know, it's just crazy. It's all over the place. And I, I leave those alone, but I just can't imagine laying any price at all. You know, the only, the only, (laughs) this is the funny thing. The only thing that looks like an almost, and I never use this word, but I'm going to do it now. The only thing that looks like an almost lock is that Fields won't be drafted third by the Niners. He's plus 850. Watch him get drafted third by the Niners. And we've we've talked to people that actually think that he may go there. And it's really, of all the people that we've talked to from uh, analysts and former players, coaches, all that sort of thing, we get a different answer. From everybody, and these are guys that are they're you know tightly uh, you know involved you know with this, and you get, again, I mean, you got people that like that like Fields with the Fort Niners, you got people that like Lance with him, and then Mac Jones makes a lot of sense as well too. So uh, it's crazy. And then here's one point, and I like Mac Jones for the Fort Niners too. I believe that again, they want to have a, a Joe Montana, a, that that type of guy. I really can't see them you know going for anybody you know outside of that. And uh, but 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 it's really crazy because he seems to to check all the boxes for the 49ers, but the 49ers aren't saying that. So it's crazy. It's all over the place here. Who knows? And I'll tell you what, if you want to bet like an individual player in that mix at anything, you know, I saw one yesterday and and, uh, jumped on this last night. It was around minus a buck 80. But Justin Fields talking about that three quarterback situation there. Justin Fields, you could bet over three and a half of the draft, which means he'll get drafted outside of the top four. He's going to go fifth or later. And the reason I thought at minus $1.80 there was value there is that your only concern is that third pick, whether he goes to the Niners or not. And he's been the third pick of those three quarterbacks for San Francisco's draft choice 
uh, for several days now. And so when I looked at that, I thought that's not a bad bet because you know who's going number one. It's going to be Trevor Lawrence. You know who's going number two. It's going to be Wilson out of BYU. You know that the, uh, the Falcons have made no bones about it at all. They're going to use their number four pick for Kyle Pitts. So the Justin Fields prop is over three and a half. The only thing you are concerned about, one, two, and four, but about that third pick, and it looks like he's the third choice of the Niners in that spot. And I think because of that, because you're only worried about one of those top four picks where Justin Fields might go, that betting over three and a half is the way to go, that he's going to be fifth or later in the draft. And again, when you handicap it, handicap it that way, that minus $1.80 looks like it should probably be about minus 270 or 280 because, again, you're only worried about one spot. Scott Spritzer joins us. We're talking a little NFL draft, uh, not only just from a betting perspective, but just the draft itself. And, Scott, I mean, you and I have been around a long time, and I know that we enjoy draft day, but the evolution of draft day has really changed over the course of years and decades, and now it has become more kind of a, a betting and then a television spectacle as well, too, with all the pomp and circumstance uh, that goes around it. What do you like best about this day in general? I just like all, everybody having that feeling of, you know, there's hope for their team for the most part. Most teams, man, they're just thinking about who we're going to go after, the excitement, the hope that you have for the upcoming season or maybe two years down the road if your team is a season or so away. So I like that, and I love the fact when a team in the, let's say, in the top 15 or 20 finally makes their first pick and they pick some guy who's not gotten any ink or any social media and their home crowd boos like crazy. They go nuts. They're hating him. And then the next year he goes out and he shows why he was picked in the top 15 or top 20. And all of a sudden he's loved by all the home fans. So I just like that feeling of optimism. Everybody is raring to go. Everybody thinks their, you know, their draft pick is going to make them from a seven win team to a 10 win team or, you know, and I just, I just like that atmosphere. It's, it's been really cool since we've been able to bet on the draft the last few years now in the state of Nevada. And if I remember right, I was down at the Westgate the first year we were able to bet on the draft. And if I recall correctly, I was there on, on, on draft day. But the part that I'm thinking, I, I do believe I remember this, you could not bet on the draft in the state of Nevada on draft day. You could bet all you wanted lead it up to like midnight the night before, but you couldn't bet on the day of the draft itself until recently. So I, I remember that, and it was, you know, it was kind of a weird situation, but I got it. They were trying to feel their way around the draft and take bets, and now you talk to bookmakers and they're like, this is crazy. This has grown into such a big deal as far as people just showing up wanting to plunk their money down. The bookmakers obviously love it. I'll say real quickly, TC, uh, I think a really good prop to jump on is wide receivers to go over four and a half in the first round. In other words, five or more receivers taken. It was around minus 200 this morning, and I've got at least six wide receivers going in the first round, five to be sure, six in all likelihood, Jamar Chase out of LSU, Devonta Smith out of Bama, Jalen Waddle out of Bama. I got them going to the top 15. And in the next 13, I've got Elijah Moore out of Ole Miss, Kadarius Toney from Florida, Terrace Marshall uh, out of LSU. And then if needed, a seventh receiver in Rashad Bateman. That could go late first round out of the University of Minnesota. I think that's the best prop to bet is wide receivers over four and a half picks in the first round.
And, you know, like you said, there are plenty of betting options and wagers more than ever. It seems like it's incre- increasing. It's almost, you know, like the the Super Bowl props almost. Let me let me ask you. We know, and you said it perfectly. You know, bookmakers love this because people want to bet. People love the action. Is this a good or wise betting event to jump in on? Well, I've got two bets, so that kind of tells you what I'm thinking. Right. I think it's unwise. Right. Um, I think there's a couple of things there. I mentioned the Justin Fields to go fifth or later. That was one of the bets, and then the wide receiver prop. So that's it for me. I think it's uh, – I hate to say this because I love the action. I love that people are down there at the books. And, listen, go out there and bet fun money. Turn this into an entertainment event. You can make a couple of the bets for the price it costs you to take your wife to a movie. So the bottom line is for me – I like the fact that you can go down there and plunk down a few bucks and turn this into a big entertainment event. But if you're in it to make money, uh, there's generally two to five prop bets that are actually worth plunking your money down. And I just chose two. I, I really like the two that I have sticking with it. But you know, it's like the Super Bowl. I mean, 95% of the props in the Super Bowl are there uh, to make you get down to the book and plunk your money down and not there to give you positive EV, a chance to win. Super Bowl, I have five to seven props. This draft, I have two props. So I guess by my amount of action tells you what I think about betting on the draft. All right. And outside of a betting perspective, Scott, uh, what's the most intriguing aspect of tonight's draft? Is it a certain team, position, uh, the trade element? What is it that intrigues you tonight? You know, I think it's that trade element. I just want to see if anything is going to come to fruition when it comes to the quarterback's that have been these big-name quarterbacks that have you know, been mentioned over the last 24 hours. Uh, I, I wasn't crazy about Mac Jones last year. Listen, I get it. Fantastic college quarterback. A little bit worried about his lack of mobility. You know, maybe he will be a Matt Ryan. Maybe he's got enough wheels. So uh, my big interest is how Mac Jones does once he gets in an NFL uniform more than today. But, listen, I, uh, one of the things that I thought was going to be kind of cool to watch, would we get – six quarterbacks in the first round, which I don't think we will. I think we'll get four or five, likely five. But, uh, you know, as far as a team and who's going to draft where, you know, there's not one team that stands out to me that makes me think, boy, I can't wait to see who this team picks outside of San Francisco at number three. All right, and before we let you go, Scott, I know you won't uh, uh, be with us tomorrow at the Cosmopolitan when we start talking about the Kentucky Derby. I know you're a horse guy, and you handicap that. Uh, Any quick thoughts uh, regarding Saturday's Kentucky Derby? Yeah, I can't wait to find out, you know, like where Brian, where Marco are going when it comes to Mandaloon. And the reason I bring up Mandaloon, who was last checked 15-1, to and by the way has Florinja Rue, on it, writing it. Brad Cox, of course, doesn't show up to Churchill Downs just to have a mint julep and a good time. He brings horses in that he thinks can finish in the money. But Mandaloon, I want to see what those guys think about him because if you watched Mandaloon in the Louisiana Derby, you saw a horse that was heavily favored and obviously fell apart. And if this is a horse that won the, the, the Louisiana, if it was a horse, for instance, that ran the way it was supposed to, it would be a situation where this horse would probably be in the four to five to one range rather than 15 to one. I like him. He's training extremely well from everything we've heard. And I think it's going to be in or around the money. It's a wide open race. So that'll be one of the horses I look at. You know me, I'm a matchups guy when it comes to the Derby, no matchups out yet, unfortunately, but, uh, Maybe I'll text you so you can ask those guys on the show in the 
matchups come out tomorrow. Yeah, no doubt about it. Mandaloon, like I said, a, a live long shot uh, in this case. And I know that he's trained very, very well there at Churchill Downs this past week as well, too. So good stuff, my friend. All right, uh, enjoy the draft uh, tonight. Uh, good luck. I know you're hitting him pretty well uh, on, on the baseball field. And uh, I know uh, on the hardwood in the NBA as well, too. So uh, we'll reconvene with you, and uh, hopefully we'll uh, talk about some more winners here as we approach uh, the NHL playoffs, NBA playoffs, and a whole lot more. Sounds great, TC. Thanks for having me, man. You got it, buddy. There he is, Scott Spritzer. Doc Sports, uh, that's where you go. All right, go to the Doc Sports uh, website, and you can get Scott's picks there. Uh, great stuff. The guy does a fantastic job, and again, a uh, longtime friend, longtime colleague, and of course, you know he's been on with us for a long, long time, not just you know recently, but over the years, the most respected handicapper here in Las Vegas. Make sure that uh, if you want to tap into to Scott's picks, you can go to DocSports.com. And uh, the thing, too, with Scott, as you know, if you listen to this show and you have for any, any time, he'll, he'll give you the picks. He'll give you a lot of, of picks and great advice here, and it doesn't matter the, the sport as well, too. So appreciate uh, him on today as well. And, again, that tells you a lot, too, about the NFL draft. I know people love to have the action, and they love to have tickets, but is this really a smart betting event to do? Probably not. Again, myself, I would love to go ahead and, and maybe fire something on what the 49ers are going to do. And that is one of the most popular props. Which quarterback are they going to go to? And, you know, it, it's a foregone conclusion that they're going to go to the quarterback, even though Jimmy Garoppolo was in a Super Bowl two years ago. Seems a little bit str- uh, strange here. But the 49ers are saying to Jimmy Garoppolo, you're probably not going to be around, so we're going to take a shot here on a youngster. And to be fair, too, Garoppolo has been injured. I believe what he's made, what, uh, 20, what 25 starts uh, in the last 48 games. So, yeah, he's not healthy. He hasn't given the 49ers what they want. But more importantly, when you look at the Niners, you look at Kyle Shanahan, you got to ask yourself, is Kyle Shanahan more of just an offensive wizard, a guru, an X and O's guy, or is he and his staff more about developing quarterbacks? And I think you have to say he's probably more of an offensive guru and a wizard when it comes to X's and O's. Because they really haven't done too much with Jimmy Garoppolo or even the guys behind, you know, uh, C.J. Beathard and, and the other guys who have who have backed up Garoppolo or forced into action because of Garoppolo's injuries the last couple seasons. So, what do they want? Okay, do, do they want a guy like Mac Jones? I think so. So, if I had to force action, and Scott brings up a great point. Well, if you like Mac Jones, you know, you could have got him plus three dollars. Then he was a three dollar, you know, two three dollar favorite. Now he's plus one fifty. You know, that prop is going all over the board there. But you think that Mac Jones makes a lot of sense. And I know that Kyle Shanahan got a chance to, you know, he's tied into that Alabama program and Nick Saban and everything. And, you know, spending time down there in Atlanta before, you got a chance to see Alabama up close and personal quite a bit, you know, down in those those conference championship games and bowl games. So it'll be interesting to see if they go with a guy like Trey Lance, out of North Dakota State, a guy that played one game this past year, a you know in the spring because North Dakota State, you know they didn't play in the fall. They only played in, in, in the spring and they only played one game. You know with that, uh, you know Justin Fields, you can you can make an argument that he's got you know this great athleticism that sort of thing. But when you look at him, he really does take a long time to deliver the ball. 
He's not the most accurate. Lance isn't one of the most accurate. And again, the NFL, that is the most important thing, is accuracy. In the NFL, for an NFL quarterback, I think too much is being made of, oh, well, this guy is a you know a pocket passer. Tom Brady is virtually the only longstanding pocket passer that's still in the league. That goes out the window. Tom Brady won a Super Bowl. You know, granted, you know, you look at guys like Patrick Mahomes and Lamar Jackson, and that is the wave of the future. I get that. But if you get a guy who has pinpoint accuracy and, more importantly, is smart, that's the guy you want. The guy that can make his progressions and make his reads, that's the guy you want. And Mac Jones checks all those boxes, and he has that over anybody else in the tr- in this draft, maybe outside of Trevor Lawrence. You can even make the argument that maybe he reads the defense better than Trevor Lawrence. But we know where Lawrence is going. Again, the Jets, they want Zach Wilson from BYU. Okay, that's fine. Mac Jones is going to be a great quarterback. You know, Mac Jones was better than Tua at Alabama. And the reason, it's not just me saying that. If you talk to anybody that was involved in the Alabama program, they will tell you that. Over the last few years, Mac Jones was a better quarterback than Tua. Yes, Tua's electric, uh, you know, but then again, the great surrounding talent that he had, you can make that same argument for Jalen Hurts uh, as well, and especially Mac Jones last year. But Mac Jones studied hard. He sat behind those two guys, waited patiently. When it was his turn, he dominated. And he even got a chance to dominate in those spring games the last couple of years. It was actually an MVP. Should have been the MVP two years in a row, but Alabama said, well, we can't give it to him again. But that's how impressive this guy is. This is how smart this guy is. And I don't think a lot of people actually realize that. Uh, does he have a great mobility? Does he have great athleticism? No, but pinpoint accuracy, and he's smart, and that's what you want in your quarterback. And I believe that's where the Niners should go and probably will go. And, you know, Mac Jones has a great upside. So it'll be interesting to see that. When you hear people at Alabama who have been around that program, been on that coaching staff, who have been involved in that program within the last five, ten years, and they're saying Mac Jones is better than Tua, I'm believing them. And I, and I firmly believe that because I've always said that I think Tua was underrated. He wasn't as good a quarterback as, as Jalen Hurts. And he was really not as good a quarterback as Mac Jones. So in, in the numbers could bear that out. But then again, Look at the decision-making. That's where it's won and lost. Completion percentage, that's where it's won and lost right there. And where's Tua now? The Dolphins are even thinking about taking a quarterback because they're not sold on Tua. Again, I think they're finally starting to realize, hey, you reached a little bit. All right, interesting. This is what draft day is all about. You know, it's an exciting time. Round one coming your way tonight from Cleveland. Five o'clock our time, round one. Rounds two and three take place tomorrow at uh, 4 p.m., and then the draft concludes on Saturday with rounds 4 through 7 on Saturday morning and afternoon. All right, we continue hitting NFL draft this hour. Houston Nutt, the former coach at Arkansas and Ole Miss, does a fantastic job with CBS Sports. He's been breaking down this draft for the last few weeks. We talk to him next. What's up, y'all? This is Sinbad. You checking my boy T.C. Martin talking about what's happening. Get ready for the NFL draft round number one tonight. And let's get it from the coach's perspective. 
none other than our friend Houston Nutt, the former coach back in the day, Arkansas, Old Miss, just to name a couple, and of course does a fantastic job with CBS on the college football side. Coach, what is going on, Patna? Not much, not much. How you doing? We're doing great, man. Uh, fantastic over here. I was thinking about you today. Now, I wish we we had some video here. Do a little FaceTime because I got my I got my Suey Pig shirt on. I got my Arkansas shirt on. And what? earlier, I had my Houston Astros shirt on. So you were uh, my hat on. My Astros hat with my Arkansas uh, red on. I'm, you'd be proud of me, Coach. You'd be proud of me. But then I said, wait a minute. The color contrast, it just doesn't fit. So I had to go with my white Nike hat to match my, my, my hog shirt. <laughs> I hear you. I hear you. All right. All right. <laughs> and now if I can just get some barbecue, now I'm set for draft day, oh, Coach. You will be set. You will be set. That's all you need. All right, man. Let's, uh, let's, talk, about, let's, let's talk about the draft day I- experience for you. Is this one of those days that you're you're really excited about? Is it kind of an event for you? Or do you get the barbecue? Do you get some food? What's the deal with that? You invite some people over the house, or do you just chill in your little man cave? Yeah, no, 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 inviting anybody over. No, it's just uh, uh, it's probably not as big for me as you know because you don't have player. You used to be a little bit more excited and anxious, but the, it's always a good time. Yeah, I'm always curious to see you know, which teams uh, go after who. And, uh, you know, you don't ever know. There's always some surprises and the trade up, trade down, all that stuff. So it's fun. It's fun to go. But, no, I'm just going to cool out and uh, not even going to – Diana's got the food ready, but we're not really going out to get food. It's just, hey, let's just turn it on. Let's see what happens. (laughs) Yeah, I was hoping it might be a barbecue day. Speaking of which, last time we had you on, you got to give us the barbecue update. What's going on with our our fantastic location there in McKinney, Texas? Yeah, unfortunately, they had a little fire, and they're they're having to remodel a little bit, so it's been closed down. Now, the other location is in Frisco. And so I hadn't quite made it over there yet, but I tell you what, I'm getting, I'm getting the real need for 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 that barbecue. I hadn't had it in a while, so I need to get by there. Hutchins, that's what we're talking about. Hutchins Barbecue, yeah, yeah. the spot. There it is. Yeah. The coach uh, gives it five stars. There we go. Outstanding. <laughs> that's right. All, all right, my friend. Uh, I know you've had some fun or some probably unusual draft experiences. I mean, as a college coach, you've had a lot of your guys drafted. What stands out for you on some of these past draft days? I'm sure you got a story or two. Well, you know, uh, one of the ones that, that, that stands out, of course, when Darren McFadden, he was going to be picked either, you know, two, three, four, five. He went four to, to uh, the, the Oakland Raiders. Right. And we were, we were all excited about that. And then, uh, but the one that probably stands out that was I was pretty curious about was a guy. I don't know if you remember a guy by the name of Matt Jones, played quarterback for me. He yes. was six foot six, yep. two forty two, ran four three seven at the combine in Indianapolis. Well, uh, Jack Del Rio was the head coach at the time at Jacksonville, and he made a few calls. We talked a little bit, and um, and he asked me about receiver. I said, "Well, he's never played receiver for me. Now I know he's got good hands. Now he didn't camp." You know, when he was a eighth, ninth, tenth grader, and he was outstanding. But now, he, didn't, he, he never played wide out. And um, so I don't know. He said, well, he's six foot six. He, he runs four three. Uh, we know he's a good athlete. So 
I was curious. They were asked a lot of questions, and sure enough, Jacksonville takes him in the first round. I think about, I, don't, I can't remember if it's 18th or 19th pick, and uh, they take him. So that was a that was a big one now. And, um, you know, there's always a few. Jason Peters didn't go as high, and he's still playing, you know. <laughs> Jason Peters is the left tackle for the Philadelphia Eagles. We signed out of Queen City, Texas, and he's East Texas. And this guy, lo and behold, we had him at tight end. He's put on a few pounds since he left me, and uh, man, he's he's played 16, 17 years. Really proud of Jason. You know, and going back to Matt Jones, I remember him I, like six six, yeah. like like you said. And, it, and from what I remember, Houston, this guy was like what second team All SEC as a quarterback. And then he never played, I don't think, a down of quarterback. Like you said, he, he played in the NFL, played what, for the Bengals, played for J- Jacksonville, drafted him, like you said, I think with 2005. And the right. guy never, ever w- was a quarterback. And I remember watching this guy and going, say, this, you know, he was that prototypical pocket type of quarterback, too. And, right? And it was well, kind of right. stra- well, strange. Yeah, yeah. I tell you, it. I was hoping that they would maybe use him maybe once a quarter and put him in that uh, kind of the read zone, let him let him do some of that because I tell you what, this guy could fly. He wasn't your typical drop back pro type quarterback. You know, we we always right. moved him a little bit, and uh, man, but he could he boy he could escape and he could run. And defensive coordinators would always say the same thing after the game. Boy, he, did, he didn't look that fast on film, but he's moving with those long legs. And don't you think if it's if he's drafted in today's class or in today's NFL where that's the type of quarterback you want, he would have had a lot more value. And here's a guy that, you know, you look at 15 years later, probably would be more valuable than he was in, in 2005. I think you're exactly right. I think you're exactly right. Uh, you know, when you look at guys like, well, Trey Lance hadn't played very much, but he's that athletic guy that can run and throw. And, um, you know, there's another guy that – you know, he hadn't played very much, but because of his athleticism and all the upside, there's going to be somebody probably take him in the first round. So, uh, don't know. But, but no, I agree with you. I agree with you. Matt Jones today would be, I think, pretty valuable because of his athleticism. All right, and, of course, Darren McFadden, a fine NFL career, like you said, uh, Raiders, Cowboys uh, as well. Houston Nutt joins us. All right, man, you're the former quarterback, the quarterback coach, the head coach. Quarterback's your thing. Love talking QBs with you. Give us your quarterback draft depth chart here. I want you to rank them. Trevor Lawrence, Zach Wilson, Mac Jones, Justin Fields, Trey Lance. We throw Kyle Trask, Kelvin Mond, Davis Mills in there as well. I want to hear your yeah. draft board. All right, here we go. I, I love uh, Trevor Lawrence. I uh, got number one and uh, six foot six, two twenty. But when you go back and you study him, he's like thirty four and two in high school, and then he's about to probably the same thing in college. I mean, the guy won a national title as a freshman, and so I just think he's a winner. He's accurate. He can move, can run. Uh, he can do it all. So I, I, you know, I think he's outstanding. The number one quarterback. Uh, where I get a little bit different is most people would go probably Justin Fields here or Zach Wilson. I, I like Mac Jones, and the reason I like Mac Jones is because of this. He hung in there behind. If you remember Jalen Hurts, Tua Tonga Valoa, this guy kind of sat in there, didn't transfer, studies the game, and when his time, when Nick Saban says, you're in. This guy, if you watch all the throws on three levels – he is so accurate. 
And, you know, Devontae Smith made one statement. If he asked, who who do you pick between Tua Tungvaluwa and Mac Jones, Devontae said Mac Jones. Now, naturally, he's with him there at the end. He wins the Heisman, and I, and I get those questions can be tough. But when you go back and watch film on Mac Jones, guys, he is so accurate. The deep ball is accurate, the intermediate routes. So I really like him, and I like the competition he played against. Justin Fields, next, same thing. I think he's a winner. He can run. He can do both. Uh, a dual-threat guy. You've seen him uh, play at a high level and uh, won a lot of big games. So I like Justin Fields. And then Zach Wilson has that moxie. I like Zach Wilson. He has that swag about him. And, uh, you know, his teammates follow him. And then in the workout, you listen to to some of these scouts talking about his workout that he had. It was unbelievable, off the charts. And then after him, I'm going to go Davis Mills. And, again, Trey Lance is that guy. I'm going to talk about him just a minute. But I'm going to go Davis Mills because when you look at him, again, accuracy, uh, to be able to extend the play just enough, can make all the throws. Man, he's got a strong arm. He looks good. I just think he's a winner. Trey Lance is a guy that is so athletic, looks so good, but he hadn't played. And so I think it's a little bit of a gamble. It'd be good for Trey if he could go somewhere and sit and learn uh, because I just think it's too hard to go from that level. of, of And he just played one game last year. to so all of a sudden you're going to jump to see the speed of the game. I don't know. I think it's really hard. But now all the upside, hey, no doubt about it. I agree. Strong arm, yes. Can run four five? Yes. All of that. Six foot three? Yes. Oh, he, you know, he checks all the boxes. But my point is, between Davis Mills and some of these other guys have played, uh, Justin Fields, they played at a high level of competition. I probably put them ahead of those, those guys. And then the next guy that to me is my sleeper that nobody's talking about is Kyle Trask. Kyle Trask took when uh, uh, Coach Mullen said, hey, you're in, the team went forward. They went up. And there's a guy to me that can make, again, can make all the throws, tough, strong. Uh, you know, he's, he's not the dual threat guy. He's not that guy. But he does have an accurate arm. He is Houston Nutt, CBS Sports, former coach, and we're talking quarterbacks in the NFL draft. I want to go back to Trey Lance. It's funny because when people are talking about these quarterbacks and especially comparing him and Mac Jones and who the Niners going to go with and throw Justin Fields in there, it's funny, Houston, because you see them talking about Trey Lance, but you're, you're watching on the television screen all of the Mac Jones highlights. There's no video because North Dakota State, number one, there's no TV. And the guy played in one game this year because they had a a spring season, if you remember, at North Dakota State. I haven't seen any tape, film, video on this guy. And I don't think that the general public has seen this guy at all. And they're just like, they're repeating what everybody else says. Oh, well, he's athletic, this and that. And I want to know, I mean, how much have you actually seen of this guy? And I'll tell you where I get scared off. I get scared off North Dakota State. Uh, Carson Wentz is still in my mind of like, hey, wait a minute, you know, this yeah. guy had a good season or two, but after that, what are we talking about here? He hasn't faced the competition. And you mentioned Mac Jones. I mean, you just echoed everything that I said. This guy went against tougher competition in practice every day, facing that Alabama defense <laughs> than what Trey Lance has seen in his life, right? 
And uh, hey, that's exactly where I. That's why I have him down there, about fifth or sixth behind these other guys, because of what you're saying. And it's nothing against Trey Lance. Hey, he didn't. It wasn't his fault that they didn't schedule but one game this past year. And so, but you're right. You know, where's the film? Well, you don't have any. Now he did have the one year where he's sixteen and zero, and that's great. And we don't even have a combine this year either, too. There's no combine this year, right? Right, right. So I I just, I just, I just think that hey, I'm sure somebody's going to take him and take him early because of all the athleticism and athletic skills that he has, a strong arm. I get all that, but be careful. Because this is where a guy needs to sit on that bench and learn from the great ones and 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 kind of develop and get yourself going to the speed of the game because he's getting ready to see the speed of the game that he has never seen before. Some prognosticators are saying that we could have five of the first nine picks could actually be quarterbacks. In your opinion, is there five franchise quarterbacks in this group? I think they're pretty good. I really, really? do. I okay. think they're pretty good. I think I think they're going. I I, I think they are. TC, I think that these guys uh, are accurate, and everybody's looking for that that point guard. I mean that that guy who's going to be able to distribute the ball and 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 make things happen and manage and time and score and all those things. And these guys are they're very very good. And they you know of course they have, they still have a lot to learn. Yes, but. You know, everybody's, you know, looking for that quarterback. And then especially when you have guys like Tom Brady and some of these older guys, um, you know, you're always looking for that who's that next guy. Uh, Especially, boy, that'd be a great fit to somebody to sit on the bench and watch a Tom Brady and learn. And you know what a great winner he is. And so to answer your question, I, I think these guys are, it's a really good group this year. All right. So give me this. What do you think is the biggest intangible that a quarterback needs to be successful in the NFL coming from the college game? What is, what is that one thing that is going to be required of them to do that maybe you could get away with at the college level? Yeah. Well, always there's really about, there's about three things, but there's one thing. If you narrow me down to one thing, you know, you wouldn't be there if you didn't have a good arm and, and all these things. But the thing that is so important to me is it's the guy that can do it under pressure. The guy, when it's third and eight, he doesn't flinch. And that window is going to be very, very small. It's that quarterback on third and eight that can put it in that window and those chains keep moving. And so I think with accuracy and the decision-making under pressure – you can do it under pressure. That's the leader. That's the point guard that you want to me. And I think it's so important. Yeah, but you got to have a strong arm. You got to have this. You got to have that. I get all that. But I'm talking about if you narrow it down to me, it's this decision making, placing the football with accuracy under pressure. I don't think it matters, Houston, if it's college or if it's NFL, but you know, you're know you always looking for the right fit. And I know you went through that from the college perspective in recruiting kids, right? Same thing with the NFL. I mean, we look at a lot of the guys that have great talent, but then it has to fit the personnel and the system, make sure he has protection, all that sort of mm-hmm. thing. How much of the success of any quarterback in this draft, or really any player for that matter, how much of it depends on what team they are going to? Oh, 
I think I think it's big. I think it's huge. You you go you you've got to have a supporting cast. You got to have you got to have teammates, and uh, the ones that that again that that have those teammates of a of a, of a offensive line, a, a back, a receiver, a defense. I mean, it, it, it's all it all comes together, and you can see a lot of players that are taken that are so good on the co- collegiate level, and they get to a team, and you don't have all the pieces of the puzzle yet. It can get ugly. It can get ugly in a hurry. And um, all these teams are good. I mean, they're all they all have athleticism. Uh, you know, on, on every squad, they're 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 great players. There's no doubt about it. But it's not about individual. You know, it's not golf. It's not tennis. It takes a team. And the pieces of the puzzle, boy, that that it's so important. Houston, can you recollect? Uh, recollect one or two guys that you saw, hey, man, this guy was a great college quarterback, but for whatever reason, it didn't work for him in the NFL because of that, because maybe he didn't have the right coaching or didn't have the right personnel. Maybe he didn't go to a team that that had the system that fits him. Do you got a guy or two that you remember like that? That, that, that I that I coach. Well, not even just or you coach, or just yeah, oh, just, yeah, yeah. Anybody, yeah. That, or that, anybody. That, yeah, that you watched, yeah, and then said, "Wow, mm-hmm. you know, this didn't." I'm surprised this didn't work. Well, be, be, it didn't work because of, of those elements right there. I mean, we thought this right. guy could be right. good, but right. you know what? He went to a place that it just they selected him, and it didn't work out because he didn't fit that system. Yeah, I can't really think anybody right offhand. Yeah, you caught me off guard. No, but, I, know. I mean, I, I know. There, there, there's a there's a lot of there's a lot of examples. You know, I, there's a lot of examples like that because you know a lot of a lot of these teams that that, that colleges uh, have these quarterbacks that excel. And you think, oh man, he's going to the next level. He's going to be great, and you get to the next level, it doesn't happen. I'm going to take you back to a guy like Joe Ferguson. Didn't have a great college career as far as winning championships, but hey. He got with the Buffalo Buffalo Bills, and he was up there for a long, long time. But he had great receivers, had a great back, had a good offensive line. Uh, man, he he was awesome. So, I think everything that you're talking about is 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 important, and it goes back to that fit and and those and the teammates. Yeah, maybe we could even say would would Tim Tebow fit into that? I know he was you know kind of a hybrid, a little bit different. But again, yeah. what a great college quarterback! And we know the guy uh, had athleticism; he had skills. Or did he just get to the wrong team in the NFL? Because you look at the guy you know, with those kind of skills, you think that he's got to play for somebody. <laughs> That's exactly right. I, to, I can tell you, going against him, you know, and seeing him live. That's exactly right. And uh, there's a guy right there that – and, again, we saw glimpses of it, man. We saw a glimpse where he did win a game, a big game. And um, you just you just feel like if he is in the right system where it fits his, you know, offense, what, the, the, the things that he's been doing, uh, we've seen him execute. Now, uh, you know, again, you know, it's throwing motion and all that stuff. You, you can all, always dissect that. He didn't have this and have that. But it goes back to what you said. But if he's in that offense and you're having these RPOs and you're having that offensive coordinator that, that plays the game the way he plays it, hey, that's, there's a place for him. You know, it's, it's funny. Uh, we just saw a story while we're talking about this. Is that, and it's funny. You bring up Jack, the old story with Matt Jones, Jacksonville. Uh, Tim Tebow recently worked out with the Jaguars as a tight end. 
Can you believe Whoa. that? Yeah, yeah. Look at that. That's there's there's some breaking news, right? <laughs> it's like yeah, what is it with yeah. what is it with Jacksonville and those guys, you know? But yeah. uh oh, right. Yeah. Well, that, that doesn't surprise me with Urban Meyer. I know Urban Meyer thanks so much to Tim and, and would probably love to find some way to get him uh in, in some some position because you know you want him in the locker room. Oh I tell hey, I tell you another one that comes to mind, Johnny Manziel. They're, okay. okay. Johnny Man Johnny Manziel is a quarterback that I saw live that my goodness he was such a competitor and such a winner. Uh he goes to Tuscaloosa with A and M and beats Alabama. Yeah. In their backyard. And again, there's a guy that it has to be the right offense. It has to be the right pieces of the puzzle with him to make it happen. Yeah, the problem is, though, Houston, he's got to go to a non-moonshine team. That, you know, non-moonshine state. <laughs> <laughs> hey, real, right. real quick, <laughs> he's not touching that one. Uh, no, no, no. Uh, no. <laughs> we we can say that because we've seen him here in Vegas, uh, you know, with the moonshine. So that's okay. okay. Well, that, you know, yeah, you know. There I you go. Know that. <laughs> All right, real quick. I don't know how closely you've been following the Raiders. They're picking seventeen. We know they need everything. Uh, Derek Carr is cemented into uh, the quarterback. We know they're not going to go quarterback, but you know, John Gruden loves his little tinker toys on the offense. But uh, don't you feel the Raiders need some help on defense, or is it offensive line for the Raiders? I want to go just, again, not being around them that much, but just kind of looking outside the fence, looking in. Hey, offensively, hey, to me, Derek Carr, you, you've got enough pieces on that side of it. Let's go defense. Let's go get a. Let's go get an edge rusher. Now, we don't have a Chase Young. You don't have a Bosa this year. But, you know, a guy like Gregory Russo from Miami, 6'7", 265, that has a lightning quick first step. Or if you don't like him, Go get a quarterback in the middle of the field, free safety. Trayvon Merrig, a guy that, I mean, can play center field, can cover ground, will hit you. I think he'd be really good with Abrams. You know, a, a, you know, you got guys like that playing together. Be awesome. But I, I do think you got to get on defense and make it happen. You gave up too much there at the end uh, on defense. So I look for them to go defense. All right. Great stuff, my friend. All right. Enjoy the draft. Uh, we'll talk to you. Great, great work uh, this past week. Uh, you know, the CBS Sports Network on the draft previews and everything, too, my man. Uh, fantastic Thanks, job. And uh, always appreciate you. Great uh, friend. And appreciate you all the time when we talk some college football here. You bet. Thanks for having me. You got it, brother. Get to Vegas. Come on now. I got to show you. I got to show you some barbecue and some moonshine. I know you're not opposed to that. <laughs> Uh, I'm going to stick more to the barbecue side. I uh, know. Of course. Or, or Freddy's. Or Freddy's. Oh, I just had it today. Hey, breaking news, Houston. You got to get over to Freddy's. Here we go. You know what's back? Today. It's back, ladies and gentlemen. Houston, go to your nearest Freddy's there in Texas. The jalapeno pepper jack burger is back for a limited time. There you go. There you go. That's it. <laughs> there it is. Standing no right there. All right, brother. Be, be good, man. We'll talk to you soon. Okay, man. Thanks, Stay man. down. There he Bye-bye. is. That is Houston Nett. All right. The man. There it is. I did it again. Why do I start going to the Southern Draw when I'm talking to Houston Nett? The guy knows his quarterbacks. He knows his offense. He knows his coaching. He knows it all. Looks pretty good in that straw hat, too, on the sideline back in the day. Yeah, we got to get him out to Vegas. I mean, we've got Burline out here. We've got the seven-footer out here, big Bill Cartwright. we got to get Houston. He's got to be next to come out here, no doubt. 
I probably can't go barbecue, though, with him. He gets enough barbecue there. Yeah, he wants Freddy's, no doubt. All right, we come back. Chuck Esposito will join us. We'll talk draft props. RVD coming in the house. More NFL Draft. T.C. Martin Show.